Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast. I am Mark. Today we have the 1988 Atlantic Reunion of Led Zeppelin. Generally regarded accurately as an absolute fucking debacle. Embarrassingly bad. Now, it's not that it was embarrassingly bad, although Jimmy was hammered and totally wrecked Heartbreaker, which was a riot, although it pissed me off incredibly when I watched it live 34 years ago. Holy shit. Uh, However, this is a recording of the FM simulcast. And, uh... It's better, in my opinion. And I will also say, not all the songs on the set were awful. And I will remind you that we covered Tempe 1977, which is in ways more of a fucking disaster than this. I think we might have even done Nuremberg 1980, but I don't know. (laughs) But it's your podcast, I know. But there's a couple of factors. First is I do not have well, no one outside the inner sanctum of the Dogs of Doom uh, Discord server has access to their wonderful, wonderful mega drive full of everything, which is what I've been dipping from, just dipping my ladle into the infinite spring and pulling shows out. Now, I still have access to a lot of shows. I still have a lot of shows. But that avenue uh, is no longer there due to the upset that happened there. We all know about that. Um, So that limits my options. But I was going through my Mega Drive, and I found this, and I saw this, and I was like, "Eh, maybe. So I listened to it last night. It's not as dire as... uh, the HBO broadcast sound was, even though the HBO broadcast sound was stereo. I recorded it in hi-fi stereo VHS back in 1988. May... 1980. May what, Mark? May what? May 14th? May 14th, 1988. And if you were not there, and if you do not know the background, Atlantic Records, founded by Ahmet Erdogan back in the 40s, late 40s. Well, let's see. We know when it was. If it was the 40th anniversary in 1988, it would have been 1948. Yay, Mark does math. Um, Absolute great label. Ahmet Erdogan, lover of music, passionate about music, great fan, great friend of Led Zeppelin. Gave them lots of creative, incredible creative freedom. You know, they, they demanded it, but he gave it. And he believed in them, and he they made him so much money, and Warner Brothers, or Warner Wea, the parent company, so much money, and Atlantic itself, so much money. For the 40th anniversary, there was a big show at Madison Square Garden. Zillions of people were there throughout all of Atlantic's history. Um, I, I remember a lot of it, there was like Foreigner, and uh, Rufus... Thompson? Damn, walking the dog. I remember him. Uh, 
a lot of 60s folks. It was a really cool show. Really, really cool show. Kind of similar to what the uh, the Ahmet Erdogan tribute concert, which happened almost 20 years later, was supposed to be before Jimmy broke his finger and fucked everybody's uh, scheduling up by pushing the, the re, uh, Zeppelin reunion further back. So they held this giant show, and this occasion, the people for comprising Led Zeppelin decided to get together and do a short set in honor of Ahmet Erdogan and Atlantic Records for the same reason they they reunited in 2007, for the love and respect of Ahmet Erdogan and to give tribute to him and this magnificent label that he founded. So they got together. Now, if you were not around in the 80s, or maybe not a Zeppelin fan in the 80s, there they did the boys did not really get along that well publicly robert was very 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 committed to being a solo artist who had never heard of led zeppelin didn't want to talk about led zeppelin didn't definitely none none, none of the boys played zeppelin songs until 1988 Why'd they wait till then? Did they have like an, uh, 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 an agreement to wait eight years? Well, in 1988, Robert Plant turned 40. And in 1985, Robert Plant's album Shaken and Stirred laid a turd. And in 1986, the firm's mean business did not do great business. So the solo Zeppelin boys out on their own playing the I was never in Led Zeppelin and we don't play Led Zeppelin songs anymore. We're reinventing ourselves gig. Uh, they were both sinking in popularity and chart success and concert success like a uh, metaphorical lead balloon. So I think it was a business decision and an ego decision and a finally accepting that, yes, people will come to see you to play firm songs. Yes, people will come to see you to play Robert Plant songs. First two Robert Plant albums did really well. Principal of Moments in 1983 was enormous, enormous to the point it was almost like Robert's version of Yes's 90125 where almost every song from the album uh, was a hit and a video. But what that does, as Yes found out, and bands like um, Dire Straits found out, is that when you have that much success in a short period of time, when all you hear and all you see for like 18 months or two years straight... Is yes, 90125 songs or Robert Plant's Big Log or <laughs> Robert Plant's Big Log. I want to see Robert Plant's Big Log. Um, or Dire Straits, Walk a Life, Brothers in Arms, all that stuff. I want my MTV. Enormous. Enormous hits, almost to the point of catastrophe. You burn your whole candle. And after that, people are like, we're done. So whatever you come out with next, people are just burned out. It's like, okay, enough. You know, if you have pizza every day for a month, by the end of that month, you're going to be sick of pizza for a while, even though pizza is awesome. Even if it's the pizza you love, your favorite pizza from the favorite place. At the end of that month, you're going to be like, you know what? 
let's do Chinese. And that's what happened. And then at that same time, it comes to a point where Jimmy is doing his solo album. Outrider's already in the can. I don't think it was released yet. It might have been. Uh, Not Manic Nirvana. Uh, Now and Zen was in the can. I don't think it was released yet. They were just on the cusp, or maybe they already had. Fuck, I don't know. I didn't do any research into this, and my memory fails me. I think... Well, you know what? Robert did a set at this show, a solo set. So let's say... Yes, let's say Now and Zen was out and Heaven Knows was out. And again, giant hits. Heaven Knows, great big hit. Uh, Tall Cool One, great big hit. Ship of Fools, minor hit. Uh, After that, I think he put out White Clean and Neat. So yeah, these guys... He had a hit again because who's on Heaven Knows? Who's on Tall Cool One? Jimmy Page. That's it. It's like Mick Jagger found out in the 80s when he went solo and Keith found out. Well, Keith already knew, but he was fine with it in the 80s. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, biggest star in the world, sells out arenas. 60,000 people. No problem. We'll sell it out. Mick Jagger, the solo artist. Robert Plant, the solo artist. You know, they're playing the Orpheum Theater in Boston. They're playing theaters and, and small arenas not sold out basketballs you know chump changed so robert and jimmy got back in each other's lives i don't think by this point much was really resolved from the end of zeppelin and all that the the toxicity and dysfunction of the latter years of the band and how it all just kind of fell apart you know it 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 (laughs) It crashed and burned, and then they said it was over. So there's a lot of drama and a lot of unresolved shit there, along with the fact that there's midlife crises going on. Because if for your entire adult life you have been a giant rock star and people have thrown themselves at you and nobody tells you you're wrong and nobody tells you no, suddenly it gets weird when you reach your middle years and you realize that Oh my God, that's not a bald spot. I'm balding. Oh my God, these are deep wrinkles. Oh my God, I'm aging and I'm going to die. Um, lots of folks get hair plugs and a Corvette and a divorce. But uh, these guys, they simply looked at it pragmatically. And Robert appears on one of Jimmy's songs for Outrider. And Jimmy appeared for two of Robert's songs. The interesting thing is Jimmy went to the studio and recorded with Robert and his band and was there and Robert uh, got the tapes shipped to him, recorded them remotely and sent them back. So even then, there's still an arm's distance of like, I am my own man. I am not Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. I'm no longer Percy. Let's make that clear. So that's the underpinning of this whole thing going into this concert. Aside from that, the last time they got together, which was at Live Aid, was such a fucking embarrassment that it wasn't. They didn't even let their their show be released on the Live Aid DVD. They gave a bunch of money to the charity in lieu of, which is good for them, but uh, no, because it was an embarrassment because they just you know decided to wing it essentially. 
the whole Phil Collins thing, Jimmy being out of tune, um, the it just Robert's voice. It was it was a shambles. This is also a shambles, but not necessarily performance-wise. Aside from the fact that Jimmy was um, hammered, is the word. Now, this is my understanding of it, just from reading books and reading forums and hearing people who talk to people and friend of a friend bullshit. But at the Atlantic show, uh, Led Zeppelin decided to get back together again. They actually did rehearsals, remote rehearsals with Jason Bonham. And at this point, Jimmy has his chops because he's done Outrider and he's playing 1988 level. Holy shit. Robert embracing Zeppelin again, growing his hair out. Holy shit. Yay. Singing Led Zeppelin again. Thank Christ. And uh, Jonesy, being Jonesy, showed up and was his awesome self. And Jason Bonham sat down at the drums. Now, I don't love Jason Bonham's drum sound on this. He doesn't either. I saw a um, YouTube comment that he made on a video of this of this reunion saying, oh, my God, I hate the drum sound on this. And I do, too. I hate the drum workshop drums he has. There's no oomph. There's no there's nothing. But he still did admiral admirably at this. Oh, my God, I'm meandering all to justify this show because it it has a very bad reputation and it's mostly well deserved. But also what happened, there was technical failures. Jonesy's keyboards completely dropped out. I don't know what happened. It should be a career ending fuck up for whatever tech fucked up unless it was a true failure of equipment. Um, but they open with cashmere. Very cool. And <laughs> midway through cashmere, Jonesy's keyboards cut out and disappear completely. So it's just Jimmy's crank, 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 Dan Electro. And the effects, all the effects for Robert's voice are gone. And we're getting straight, straight, direct vocals, just like me right now talking to you. No reverb, no sweetening, no nothing. So it goes from sounding really cool like Cashmere to sounding really uncool. Because Cashmere with just the Dan Electro is not as majestic. So that was unfortunate and really shitty and bad, bad mojo for them. Um, and then they do Heartbreaker, which is pretty cool until the solo and Jimmy just flubs the solo so bad that it's, <laughs> it's so bad that do you remember a few years ago on YouTube, there was a guy or, or channel that put out. Uh, videos of guitarists saying like Eddie Van Halen shreds slash shreds Steve Vai shreds and they show footage of them shredding over audio of like plink plink tink tick brack plink tick 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 just awful 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 plucking for the Jimmy Page shreds they didn't do any of that they just played Heartbreaker from 1988 Atlantic Reunion because it's that bad it's that bad. He should have gone home and just fucking Jesus Christ looked himself in the mirror and said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Which is maybe what he did because the Outrider tour was a fucking beast. But here is the, my understanding of what precipitated this, that kind of fuck up. 
Now, we're not listening to either Cashmere nor Heartbreaker on this because the rest of the show is pretty fucking good. Whole Lot of Love's good. Misty Mountain Hop, a song I do not care for, just fine, even though the keyboards on the simulcast are way low, probably picked up by Robert's vocal mic from the monitors, in fact. So the song's not quite as interesting because it's just Jimmy going, you know, instead of the keyboards backing him up. And Stairway to Heaven, uh, it's Stairway to Heaven. But the drama around it is, first of all, they went on, Led Zeppelin went on hours late. The show ran very, very long. So they're backstage waiting, and Jimmy famously has anxiety and nerves before getting on stage, especially during this time when, let's boil it down to it being basic insecurity on the fact that his chops have not been at the 1971 level since 1971, and he has coasted on his name for a while live. Not necessarily, not all the time, but um, you know what I mean. So you end up with a performance and a sound that sounds a lot like the raw, dry 1980s soundboards, which do the band no favors. But there's good stuff here. So we're going to listen to... Oh, also, apparently, Robert, does, well, when they're backstage talking, there's a video, because Jason Bonham had a video camera, um, aside from getting drinking a lot himself. Um, but he still played fine. Um, Jason Bonham had a video camera, and they recorded some of the... Re- it, it, anyways, it got released as a bootleg somewhere. Either someone stole the tape or he put it out himself. But there was an old uh, toasted VHS video I got of the band rehearsing what? Misty Mountain Hop over and over and over again. But that's it was still pretty cool. Just the guys in like T-shirts and blue jeans just working shit out. But the backstage footage shows Jimmy and Robert talking. And apparently... Robert is saying, I'm not doing Stairway. Let's not do Stairway. Fuck that. Let's just do it. And Jimmy's like, now we're doing Stairway, man. And it turned into a, a bit of a fight. So the energy was off because it came down to like, listen, fuckhead, don't forget why you're famous. Don't forget who made you famous. And don't forget what made you famous. The answer to all three, me, Stairway to Heaven, and Stairway to Heaven. Let's do this. We're doing Stairway to Heaven. Shut the fuck up. Get out and sing your song. I'm sure that's not what he said, but from what I understand, it it came down to, it came down to, because I said so, yes, we're doing it. So tensions were high. Jimmy's drinking. Jimmy's tipsy, at least. And they go out with that negative energy, that super divorced parents tension. All right, everybody smile for the, for the show. And, uh, you end up with something that's like divorced parents going to their child's graduation and having to sit next to each other. False smiles, occasional moments of levity, a little bit of chemistry because they've been together for so long, and a whole lot of tension. Now, having set that up wonderfully, we're going to listen to this because it is Led Zeppelin in the 1980s, and there's only two times they got together that we have recordings of, although they did get together after Live Aid in uh, early 1986 and did some recording. Uh, rehearsals, rather. Rehearsals and fucking around. So here we have Led Zeppelin, May 14th, 1988. 
Madison Square Garden, and they're going to do a whole lot of love. Are you ready? Enjoy it. And this is the simulcast recording off of FM radio, so there might be a little static. Here you go.
that was awesome. You know, but the drum sound, I mean, his his drumming was great. And he's doing fills and live fills and stuff that his dad did. And if you notice, they did the uh, the Nebworth 1979 uh, iteration of Whole Lot of Love. And Jonesy's bass sounds so good. And Jimmy's solo at the end. Nimble fingers. Nimble fingers there. So he just fucked up. He just fucked up. Heartbreaker. And uh, Robert sang a whole lot of love almost exactly the way he sang it at Live Aid. I'm going to give you my love. Gonna give him my love. Just, you know. It's conflicted. He doesn't embrace it because he's like, I'm a solo artist. Am I betraying my artistic integrity? I don't know, man. I was reading on Royal Orleans as this song was playing. People are uh, bitching, not bitching, uh, talking about the bath footage, 1970 footage that came out a little while ago. And uh, people are bitching because Robert is... uh, canonically the one that keeps Jimmy from releasing more live material because he puts things together and then presents it to the band because it has to be a unanimous decision and uh, he said many times that someone vetoes it now I don't think it's going to be Jonesy I do think it's going to be Robert um, and somebody they were bitching and it's like Robert Plant wanted Led Zeppelin to dis- disappear so it has he's free from the noose of Page and Grant now he's just the guy that wins Grammys on Alison Krauss's coattails and blocks official Zeppelin rem- material from being released now that's petty and bitchy and stupid and wrong but the comment to this comment is great it says this sounds like a comment more fitting for 1988 than 2022 and we're listening to 1988 and that's what he's talking about exactly what you heard ambivalence and conflict and being conflicted <sighs> but that was not bad right right so now let's listen to misty a mountain hop <sighs> Shall we? Yes. Oh, let me get this. Let me get the spiel out of the way. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts, which you know because you're listening to this podcast now, which means you found me somewhere, but I can be found other places as well. I can be found on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube under the name Heart of Markness. I have a website, heartofmarkness.com, which is where I post the shows man that you're listening to and you will be able to grab this recording should you want it at heartofmarkness.com for free and not i don't mean the podcast the entire set of the led zeppelin of the led zeppelin with the pudding pops uh set list being cashmere heartbreaker whole lot of love misty mountain hop and stairway to heaven they were the last band on obviously because of the biggest band in the world and it was already like 1 30 in the morning so, they're tired, they're grumpy, nobody's happy, but they did it. So let's listen. Oh, wait, patrons. Yes, this podcast is brought to you through the support of these titans. These titans on whose shoulders rests this mighty yet humble podcast. And if you're interested in becoming a patron, if you're like, holy shit, I love this podcast, it keeps me alive. 
then maybe consider becoming a patron. There's a patron button, Patreon button on my website, hardermarkness.com. See if there's something there for you. Uh, there's also You can also go to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness and see the same thing. Um, so a laurel and hearty handshake go out to the following. Brian, Matt, Stephen, George, Big Ed, Kenny, John from West Footscray, Picard, Knegern, who had a friend who's going to see The Cure tonight, Chris, Rob from Melbourne, Australia, Wayne, please let me know if that link works for you, Wayne. If not, I will get you a new one. Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, Bonzo Billy, and Mimo. So hooray, hooray to everybody. Thank you, guys. You guys make it possible. You pay for the website. You pay for the cloud hosting. You pay for the SoundCloud. You pay for the microphone through which I'm talking to you. And you helped pay for the computer that I built to replace the laptop that is 12 years old and uh, starting to fail at the periphery. So bless your hearts. Now, let us listen to Misty Mountain Hop from May 14th, 1988, shall we? Yes. Okay, here's one that uh, really probably sounds a bit odd now. It's about sitting in the park with flowers in the hair and stuff like that. It's called Misty Mountain Hop.
One thing that's evident is the audience loves them. The audience loves them. And I think it probably irks, irked Mr. Plant to have that be the case when he has such a prolific solo career that going back and singing Misty Mountain Hop, you know, gets more traffic. I don't know, man. I wasn't there. Um, I was going to play Stairway, but it's really nothing. It's really not that great. And I know Robert didn't want to do it, so he's singing it under protest. Jimmy, uh, you're not missing a great solo. So let's call it here, shall we? It's shorter than usual, but, you know, I think well-deserved. These two songs were good. Misty Mountain Hop was good. Whole Lot of Love was fucking awesome. Jonesy's bass, god damn. It's too bad Heartbreaker was such kind of a turd because it was good. Jonesy's bass and he and he and Jason lock in like he and Bonzo did because Jason is so committed to being his dad in those situations that he you know, he soaked up the live shows like we have, so he knows the twists and the turns and the little fills here and there. So he plays that stuff, which gets Jonesy locked in more because he's playing the same stuff his dad did. It's it's wonderful and synergistic, and I would love to hear I would love to hear more rehearsals for this. I'd love to hear them rehearsing Heartbreaker. I'd love to hear them rehearsing Kashmir instead of thirty iterations of Misty Mountain Hop. Um I'd love to hear the other songs that they they bandied around. Why did they choose Misty Mountain Hop? Who chose it? I bet it was Robert who chose it, even though he downplayed it embarrassingly at the beginning. I can't see Jimmy going, Misty Mountain Hop, we have to do that. It's our biggest hit. (laughs) Way better than Communication Breakdown or Dazed and Confused or Ramble On, which was the, the mainstay through the 90s till now. Or Bring It On Home. Or any of the other 10,000 songs. Alright, that's me bitching. Alright, I hope you like this, friends. Next week it'll be something else. If you want to reach me, you can reach me through any of the avenues that I've already delineated. But if you want to reach me at marketheartofmarkness.com, you can do that as well. Thank you, my friends. Please be good to yourselves and each other. And I will be back. I'll try to be back this weekend with the Classic Rock Show because I still haven't delivered that Derek and the Dominoes. Um, But if not, if I fail you yet again, I will still be back next Thursday with another Led Zeppelin show. Thanks, guys. I love you. Be good to yourselves and each other. And goodbye.